three, two, one, go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Triad of the Force podcast, a podcast from three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is our Mando Monday reaction and analysis. <laughs> and today we will be discussing chapter 15, The Believer, the believer. to which, by the way, Osvaldo immediately replied, if there's a Justin Bieber song, I'm done. He must be a Justin Bieber fan to begin with because I did not even, I, I didn't even <laughs> that make did, that. that <laughs> oh, wow. So wow. we're just calling him an extra loser now? For no, knowing not, that? No, not loser, not loser. He's part, he's the, he's like, he's like the, the fifth <laughs> Beatle. He's like the fourth Triad member. Yeah. Okay, so he's not a full loser, but the <laughs> fact that he made that Bieber connection, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so uh first impressions guys i have mixed feelings. i mean i enjoyed i enjoyed the episode it was mm -hmm. i think it was a good episode but i think uh, the more i think about it the less i like it collectively as mando's story but mm -hmm. as a standalone you know star wars content i think it was it was a solid episode i i, I thought we saw one like at least one of the best actings that we've seen in Mando in a while. Uh, yeah. Given the fact that a lot of Mandalorian characters were helmet, it's, you know, it's a little bit hard sometimes to tr like, translate emotions. And so I, had, I, I have to say I enjoyed the acting scenes. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's, As kind of like Goose says, the, it didn't push the story that much forward. It felt it felt very Star Warsy in a, a lot of sense, but at the same time, it it felt like it lacked what was making the Mandalorian the Mandalorian, as if that makes sense. Yeah, I actually disagree with you guys. I've been reading a lot that people are calling it a filler and stuff, and I thought it was fantastic. I wasn't expecting anything like this because remember I was like really upset I thought it was just going to be a prison break and mm -hmm. we got yeah. one we got way more than that and second there was a lot of going forward I mean this is the first time that Din removes the helmet mm -hmm. yeah. that entire oh, conversation yes we'll get into it but I mean it, it does a lot to the story too that whole conversation that he has with Mayfeld makes him question the way again it's like he's poking fun of how strict yeah. he is that entire conversation so I think there's a lot going on in this episode that yeah. does move the story forward and makes Din's character grow. So, no, I, was, I agree. I think, that was my. First I, I think it's a it's a it's a complicated episode because of what you just said. I think there are things that definitely happen in terms of like that character development for Din, but they're not happening to him, and I think that's one of the issues overall of the season, at least for me. I don't know if you guys will agree, but like, I think everything that's growth in terms of who he will be or who he is happens through other characters and doesn't happen to him, if that makes sense. Okay. Like all the other characters are the ones that are going through those beats and obviously yeah. they'll inform what he's going through, but like he's, in a way, even though he's still the main character of the show and I appreciate that, you know, they haven't let Boba take over it, it still feels like he is, secondary in a way in his own show even though he's the lead because his, because, his story beats are you know sec secondary to someone else's and 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 it's interesting because the elements were there you're right but 
you never see that it's not a question that comes from Mando. Like, oh, I've seen this happening. Okay, now it's almost like it's always somebody or either poking fun at it or mm. just like tarnishing a little bit down, kind of like, wait, what, what are your boundaries? What's I, I see how it sort of played into that scene where at the end, you know, Bill is like, I don't even remember his name, but Bill Burr is pretty much Bill like, Burr oh, that I, apparently I, everyone likes, but I never liked them. <laughs> but, uh, we'll get I, to that. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, where, you know, kind of at the end, it's like, oh, I never saw your face. Like, it's okay. Like, but you just, I, I mean, that, that could be the whole aspect of this season where you can see somebody that has no idea where they're going, they're just acquiring information, like all their, mm -hmm. all their life they've been told, okay, this is the armor way, this is the way. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you have like hundred different pathways. So you're just taking them all in and then eventually decide which one to embark on. Mm -hmm. But it just, it seems a little bit lackluster. Like mm -hmm. it's not, like even, even this whole thing, you know, he's still going after Groku you don't see that emotion that this whole mission is based on that on a rescue oh i think it does again i disagree but anyway before we hey. keep deep diving let's just run through the episode go through okay? the episode go uh, so we basically pick up the episode where we left off last time last time uh, mando goes to cara dune to tell him that they need to break out uh, mayfield from whatever prison he's in so that's where the episode starts the camera shows up and we see like a droid walking towards someone and when we see the droid it's basically the security droid from last chapter six uh, from the new republic and apparently they are in the carthen shop field and mayfeld is a prisoner there who is doing hard labor and what type of hard labor they are uh, breaking down old imperial ships which will make sense meta uh, mythically when we see what mayfield's character contributes in the rest of the story the droid tells mayfield that Someone is here to give him a new assignment. And who is it? Lo and behold, Cara Dune is here. She's taking, uh, she's remanding the prisoner and taking uh, custody of him so that they can, you know, uh, go and do their mission. When he goes up to the ship with Cara, they're in the Slave One, obviously. And who comes down? Bam! Boba Fett rocking the new paint. Brand new. The brand, <laughs> like, like, he's like, I don't know how long that... Uh, trip took from uh, Navarro <laughs> to the top fields, but Boba was ready. He's like, no, I'm getting my armor. He probably stopped at like a Home Depot or something to get some <laughs> metallic paints. Because he's like, I'm getting my armor back and I'm gonna, you know, I gotta pimp it out. It's been a couple gotta of decades since I, since I repainted it. And awesome new paint job. Uh, although yeah, it was I, jarring I, at first. It was very yeah. jarring. I don't know about mm -hmm. you guys. I'm always I, I thought I was the like... Ship. I was like, wow, that's a beautiful like I use I love the matte, the matte green. Yes, the yeah, matte, like, the matte yeah. look to it. Yeah. Like, oh, no, and, like, and you can you can tell that he had been practicing because like there wasn't any there, the paint didn't clump up. There weren't like streaks in it. It was like beautifully, perfectly <laughs> painted. Beautiful. So uh, kudos, Boba Fett, not just the best bounty hunter, but apparently also a pretty damn good painter. Uh, says, anyway, Sabine has to watch out. <laughs> Sabine has to watch out, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're gonna have a paint off soon. Uh, <laughs> But then Mayfield does that comment like, oh, I thought you were someone else. And then all of a sudden, that's when Mando oh, shows up. Mando. And he's like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, 
speed things up. Mando tells Mayfields that, you know, the mission is to go to, I think it was uh, Morak, to uh, go into the Imperial facility so they can get the uh, codes. Location so find, of... So they can find uh, Gideon's uh, destroyer. Well, it's not a Star Destroyer, but Gideon's sh uh, ship. Mm -hmm. They go there, and when they go there, it's a lush forest with palm trees, very Scarif-like, but it uh, kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Puerto Rico, a little bit. You go to the mountains, bit, just the jungle. I was like, oh, yeah. good job. Which actually, I kind of appreciated that they... And if they didn't do this, I'll be blown away with the volume because it seemed like they were on location for a lot of it because of the, you know, the jungle fields yeah. around it. And if they weren't on location, holy shit. The volume is the best it's, piece of technology. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm the sure world. they used the, that Jumbotron weird thing they got going yeah, on. Yeah. So. Uh, when they get to Morak, Mayfield says that they need to go to the Imperial facility to get the thing, but they need to go to a machine that has the information. But that machine will scan your face so they can know that you're not wanted by the ISB or you're not a droid. Uh, there's some nitpicks we can do from that, but whatever. That's how the plot was set up. So yeah. Tara Dune can't go because obviously she's New Republic and Rebellion. Mm -hmm. So the ISB has files on her. Fennec Shan can't go because she's also in the ISB files. Boba Fett obviously can't go because he has the most recognizable face for the for in the. <laughs> it looks. Galaxy. It looks too. <laughs> I know. I know that he says it like really offhand. So it's like, uh, no, my face is recognizable. Face. <laughs> yeah, but but you don't get like it's like oh yeah you're right you're really yeah. recognizable. Because yeah. your face your face was a billion times over in the galaxy. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mando agrees to go, even though I don't think he understood that by him agreeing to go that he would have to do the thing that he does eventually they get on a uh, on a juggernaut that we've seen before not this version but we've seen juggernauts before in revenge of the sith and rogue one but now we see a cargo juggernaut that i must say like the cgi for it was just amazing it felt like a real yeah uh, yeah car because like the the physics of it of when it stopped and started moving and everything i was like wow this feels real it's like a cat uh, caterpillar loved it yeah 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 but then they have to transport uh, when they take the uh, when they get into the juggernaut mando has to switch out uniforms so that they can blend in and he instead of being in his mando uniform he's now an imperial tank trooper whatever driver uniform uh, because he still has to hide his face while they're driving then mando and mayfield start having a conversation even though it's mostly mayfield having a monologue where he's kind of questioning two things mainly like one the role of who is in power, right? And in this case, it would be New Republic versus mm -hmm. Empire. And two, the rules that one sets for themselves. And in this case, it's the helmet rule, right? Is it, mm -hmm. are you, can you show your face or do you have to be in the Mando helmet? Because they're two different things, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the discussion they have. While they're going to transport the Rhydonium, they go through a village and they see uh, these people there and like Mando sees the one kid who's wearing a scarf. Apparently this is the year for scarves. Uh, and Star Wars, yeah, yeah. Uh, and start questioning what it means to, you know, be one of those oppressed, because, you know, Mando was also a foundling, like that child mm -hmm. is an abandoned child like Mando used to be. Uh, while they're approaching the factory, there were some explosions from the Rhydonium, and what happens? Some people in, in, in these speeders or skiff boats or whatever they, you call them are attacking them. And at first we think they're pirates, but then we realize that they're really not pirates. They seem to be locals who just want to destroy the Rhydonium sure. so they can get rid 
of the imperial presence there, and we'll get yeah. to that in the discussion because that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, so Mando has to kind of fight them off so they can continue, you know, and get into the imperial facility. But fighting them off means basically killing every single one of them. Uh, but it's an interesting fight for Mando because he starts fighting the way that he would fight originally with his Beskar armor. But this is yeah. crappy armor that just starts breaking off. So he's kind of like, just quickly realizing that he must has to adjust exactly and modify his fight and his approach to it to compensate for that. Uh, which is, you know, obviously in fight form, mm-hmm. a metaphor for what he has to go through in the next piece of the episode. Mm-hmm. But fast forward, because it's taking a long time. Uh, as they're approaching, <laughs> there's more more liberators, as I'm calling them now, uh, that are going to, you know, show up and destroy them. And Mando at this point is exhausted. But then lo and behold, two TIE fighters show up and save the day. Never thought I would say that unless you're, uh, you know, uh, Imperial Stan. They destroy the, the liberators and Mando and Mayfield are able to safely return to the Imperial base. And when they get to the Imperial base, they're greeted as heroes. So now we get to see the human side of the Empire because it's not just uh, you know, the Emperor and Darth Vader. There's just yeah. normal people that are just doing their jobs and are you know, mm-hmm. just happy to get to see their co-workers not die. And I totally sympathize with non-dying co-workers. Yeah. No, and, times. and they actually, <laughs> I mean, as soon as that scene happens with the TIE fighters and everything, it cues like this heroic music and everything too. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you see this other side to the uh, the Empire, obviously. I remember when the uh, the TIE Fighters first showed up, I was like, yes! And Josvando was like, oh no! And then it's like, oh wait, they're the bad yep, guys yep. for like these next five minutes. So, okay, they're good guys for exactly. five minutes. Awesome. Yep, yep. So it's cool to see, you know, everything is different from a certain point of view. From so. a certain point of view, Obi-Wan. Uh, it's amazing how you can take a BS line and just turn it into, oh, this is the whole- Philosophy. Uh, <laughs> the philosophy, now. yeah. yeah. Uh, but when they're there, uh, Mayfield goes into the mess hall where the machine that they need to get the codes are at. And when he goes there, who does he run into? But Valen Hess, who used to be his supervising officer or commanding officer when he was in the Empire. And fun fact, Valen Hess was played by Richard Brake, who was two prominent roles, Joe Schill in Batman Begins. And also he played the first Night King in Game of Thrones. So there you go. That was a fun From among thing. a bunch of things he's done. He's been in a bunch yes. of stuff. He's been in a yeah. bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he can't do that because he's afraid that uh, he'll get recognized. So Mando's just like, hey, man, I got to get my kid, which is a point that they keep saying in the whole episode. It's not just the child or the asset or anything. It's it's the kid. It's Mando's kid. They oh, and they say that, that a lot. Parental... His yep. kid. Yeah. I love that, they actually. acknowledge that parental, parental relationship. Mm-hmm. And Mando's just like, okay, I'll go. He goes to the machine, but doesn't take out his helmet, which is surprising because, like, Mayfield, Mando was Explicitly. not. He was not, he's not the smartest cookie in this episode. Nope. It, Mayfield tells him, like, hey, you need to scan your face. So, so the fact that he didn't take out his helmet to begin with was mind, mind boggling. But whatever, he gets stressed because the machine star looks like it's going to explode. And then he does the unthinkable when he takes off the helmet. And the machine is able to scan his face and he gets the codes. But what happens after he does that, Van, uh, Valen Hess like, calls him over and you can see this one of the things that was the best thing for me from the episode is Pedro Pascal's acting because he <laughs> basically does not really speak 
in this next scene. At all. But it's so great. But his body language is just fantastic because you can see how he's kind of portraying someone that has never had to show their emotions and yep. interact yep. with someone and see them directly in the eye. And Mandosio is like out of his element. He's afraid. He doesn't know how to react. Doesn't know what he's doing. And Mayfield comes to his rescue and it's like, hey, no, he's lost his hearing in Tanab. Yeah. And we call him brown eyes. It's it was really okay. quick thinking. That was good. Yeah. So they sit down. They have a drink with Balan Hess. And during that, it's kind of very, I've heard a lot of people uh, say, have this comparison. And I must say, I agree with it. It's very reminiscent of uh, Inglorious Bastards, the bar scene. It's yeah. Because it's very tense. Yeah. Everyone's kind of like feeling each other up see you know what uh, what's, what's going, going on. on and then there's an interesting uh, conversation with mayfield and Balan hess where Balan hess uh, where mayfield sorry says that oh let's toast to operation cinder. cinder and for those who don't know operation cinder is one of the contingencies that emperor palpatine put in place in case of his demise where uh, if he were to perish it would ensure that the empire would not outlive him so it basically went into certain key worlds of the Empire and would destroy them, one of them being Naboo. And we can see a lot of this in Battlefront 2. So if you haven't played that game, you should. It's really fun. And the story mode is fantastic. Um, and we learned that Mayfield was part of Operation Cinder. And that's one of the things that made him question his position in the Empire. And after lots of back and forth about what it means to be an Imperial and what the Empire is willing to sacrifice for the greater good or for order. Mayfield makes a decision. He's had enough. He can't take it anymore. Bam! Bam! Shoots Balan Hess dead. Obviously, that creates some problems uh, <laughs> for their for their <laughs> escape plan. Technical glitches, and all of a sudden, they have to get out. They, they go. They escape out the window. They're going up. Cara Dune and, and Fennec Shan are helping them out by scoping out Motherfuckers left and right uh, from outside through their sniper rifles. And all of a sudden, uh, they make it up. The Slave 1 shows up. They get on the Slave 1. And as they're flying away, Mayfield asks for Boba Fett's armor. Uh, armor, not armor. Sorry. Rifle. <laughs> the, the rifle of the, of the Tusken Raiders. I forget what it was called. And he blows up the facility to kind of be able to sleep at night. Sleep at night, as he puts it. As the... Slave One is flying away. Two TIE fighters who may or may not be the same TIE same fighters ones. saved them <laughs> before <laughs> are pursuing, pursuing the Slave One. And the thing that I was hoping for would happen, happened. Oops. Boba Fett unleashes a seismic charge. Huh. And we get to see that awesome sound effect and awesome effect from Attack of the Clones and just obliterates the, the, type, the, the TIE fighters. It was so, it, so exciting when that happened. It was, it was oh. so satisfying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, everyone reunites. Kara, Doom, impressed by Mayfield's antics and actions against the Empire, lets him go. And then we switch back to the bridge of Moff Gideon's ship. And all of a sudden, our favorite comms officer, who is unnamed, that Pink Milk and Katana cast, our friends, I've interviewed her. I forgot her name, Katie. forgot her name. Uh, she comes in to Moff Gideon, tells him, we have a message for you. And lo and behold, that message is Mando in his Taken speech, which is basically the speech from I think, episode 
I think I think he's basically saying verbatim the speech from Moff Gideon said in episode seven or eight. I forgot which episode it was. But it's basically word for word saying that you do not know how much he means to me, which is a change from how Moff Gideon said it, because Moff Gideon said it means it. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mando humanizes him, but he means to me. And basically saying like, hey, I'm going to go all Liam Neeson on your ass. We're coming to get you. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You did it, Goose. Breathe. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to keep it brief. It's, it's like, it's interesting because they're like short, quote unquote, episodes, but so much happens. So they're much packed. happens. They're, 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 they're packed. There's, yeah. they're, they're very even, good. even as you were like recapping, there were scenes that I thought were important. And then by the end of the episode, you forget about them yep. because yeah. so much has happened. Yeah. And I, I like that. Because I remember clearly seeing when you mentioned the, the scene with the kid with the scarf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I th- I was immediately like, this is great. They're they're kind of like throwing it back to that DJ character in The Last Jedi. Like, mm. hey, New Republic, First Order. Yeah. You know, it's it's so from you you already now have that from the probably the one percenter point of view. It doesn't matter who's in power. Yeah. And the same thing yeah. happens to the 90% that's, you know, surviving on their day-to-day on their mm-hmm. own planets with, doesn't matter who's in power. Like, mm-hmm. we're still suffering deep, whatever you're going through. So I, I love that they brought that. And then by the end of the episode, you kind of forget about it because there's so much going on. Yeah. I well, mean, I think that's a good point. But mm-hmm. uh, sorry, what were you saying? No, it's fine. Keep going. No, I think, I think, that's an interesting thing that you're mentioning Mo but for me it's the double edged sword of this episode because it's one of the things that I appreciated but also didn't appreciate because it's something that we've seen through the rest of the season which is just for example in season one, eh, season one eh, episode one of this of this season we see that humanization of the Tuscans right yeah. but as the season has progressed we kind of see them falling yes, back into that evolved. trope of the aliens are yeah. bad guys and disposable. And I think that was kind of what disappointed me a little bit about this episode in a way. They make that point to talk about the marginalized and talk about mm-hmm. colonialism and all that stuff. And obviously, I know for you guys, but being Puerto Rican, for me, that whole topic of colonialism is a big deal. So like how it's represented is always important uh, to me. And like seeing that they were showing that the human that were colonized are victims, but then seeing the aliens who are just trying to bolster because they're locals. They're not pirates trying to steal Rigonia. Yeah, no, they're they were also locals trying to get rid of the empire, but then we just are killing them without any consequence. Like Mando doesn't have any moment where he's like, oh, wait. I mean, I know we have to do this other thing, but he, there's no consequence and no, and no uh, struggle with just killing these locals that are also being oppressed. Uh, yeah. And the fact that they chose to represent the, the ones that we're killing as aliens, as an yeah. other, mm-hmm. and make the humans the ones that we're sympathizing with, for me, it's like it, there's a cognitive dissonance right, yeah. uh, right there. So it dilutes the message of colonialism bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, just and like, especially oh. when... Then you have a whole scene that's specially 
talked about the death of innocent people, that it, mm. there's such an emphasis on, you know, am I willing to do all of this? And then you just had a whole scene where you killed like over 30 people because mm-hmm. from my count, at least each of those things had like five to 10 people. Yeah. So, and that there were four. So after probably going decimating a whole village mm-hmm. worth of people, then you have the whole speech of like, oh, I'm so mad that, you know, you made me go through this, but I did the same to survive. I, it's, it, it does rub off a little bit. There's a lot of hypocrisy mm-hmm. and it, it goes back to, you know, are, are, we, are we just cheering for the ones that look like us instead yeah. of? Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, well, I hadn't really noticed it that way. So <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> but I just, it all seemed to me, and how you were saying, uh, I, I'm not sure if it was Guzo Moro who said it, that uh, everything is like happening to Mando. But I don't really think that's the way to see it. Because the when he first decides to put on the the stormtrooper armor mm-hmm. that was his decision it happened to him he could have mm-hmm. trust you know decide to trust mayfeld and just let him do his thing he mm-hmm. didn't have to be actively participating but he decided to because the child is that important to him so mm-hmm. he actually discarded his armor for the first time in probably his life and put something else mm-hmm. on and it's you know a stormtrooper outfit and everybody's reaction was pretty strong i mean that wasn't a, an yeah. easy decision to make to, even if he has the helmet on at the beginning, it's still a completely different armor because the Beskar armor for him is like part of who he is. Yeah. And then you can see that when he's fighting that he immediately, you know, goes back on his instincts trying to use the armor to block and obviously it's Stormtrooper mm-hmm. armor and it just disintegrates yes. into nothing. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. blows away. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, thought, I thought they were going to push it deeper with that because there was the one scene where he's like lying down and they're trying to take off the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought I thought there would be something like that where they were gonna chip off chip the off armor the... progressively mm-hmm. and like maybe the uh, helmet would break or something. You would see part yeah. of his face. Uh, no, but I, I mean I, I I agree with you. I think that Mandel has those moments, but I think that they're especially in this episode overshadowed by Mayfield's moments because like Mayfield has like the big arc of like his transformation, his speeches, and he's the one that's talking and. Um, Mando is, you know, he is going through things. I don't disagree. And I mm-hmm. think that what they do with Mando is pretty clever in how they do it, but it ends up being in serve kind of like secondary to the, the main protagonist of the episode, which was Mayfield, which is why I have kind of an issue with this season, even though I've enjoyed it, just because I have an issue doesn't mean I don't enjoy it, uh, which is that this is the cameo season and it's like everyone that's on screen yeah. with Mando shines more than Mando. I actually, this episode felt like Mando was the main character to me. Mm-hmm. Again, like the last episode in this one has felt to me like Mando is the main character. Mm-hmm. But I mean, maybe that was the theme of this season that they kind of introduce him to a whole bunch of people and have him slowly take in their what they're trying to teach him or their points of view. Because the, I think that's Mayfeld's main point is that Mando doesn't really know who he is. 
He's like, you're a survivor. Cause clearly when things start to get desperate, your rules start going out the window. Yeah. You know? So Mando one season ago would rather die than take off his helmet. Mm -hmm. And now you see him first remove his, uh, his armor to wear a stormtrooper armor and then does reveal his face. And when he, you do it, you can see his face is like, I don't, I mean. Oh, he was not comfortable. Who am I? Yeah. And even his body language, you can tell that like he's. He was so of, uncomfortable. He, does, he doesn't have peripheral vision. So he just like moves his whole head. Yeah. To, <laughs> yeah. Like look yeah. at people and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, and, and I do appreciate that, that they were able to show that of Mando in a subtle way, right? It's not beating you over the head with yeah. him having to tell you those things like visually he's able to express yeah. that so like I, i i i do appreciate visual storytelling for sure i i, th like I that, think that's I yeah like oh, that, that's why that's why i think that this was a great episode as a story mm -hmm. like yeah. and the way it was filmed i that whole scene where they're just sitting there and you 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 have great acting you have somebody that probably just has no idea what to do with their face because all the time they're cover up and yeah. they're probably just acting that way when they're there we just don't notice it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you have somebody that you so much sympathize it's like the more they're talking about you know i cannot sleep at night because of everything that i've been through because mm -hmm. I've, i've like i did this like i think that's the difference like maybe why I like that Mayfield character because they are aware of their transgressions. Mm -hmm. They never deny, oh, I, you know, I, I wasn't involved in it or they tried mm -hmm. to like, you know, I did this, what can I do now to be able to sleep better at night? Mm -hmm. And yeah. that, that and, and, and you finally, you, 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 see, you see a satisfying redemption arc for a character. Mm -hmm. uh, Although I felt like at the end they should have managed have been like, hey, do you just want to join the team? We clearly make a great team. Like, like why not join the family? It's already beginning like this ragged outcast getting together. Like well, clearly, <laughs> he might he might come back. Uh, yeah, I, I, feel, I mean, past him. he survived. Even though, I'm a, <laughs> even though I'm not a fan of Bill yeah. Burr, but we yeah. can get to that if we want later. Uh, but. It's that's why I think the title is interesting and it kind of piggybacks to what you were saying, Mo. I mean, the believer. It's the episode plays with three different angles in a way that makes me question who is the believer that the title refers to. Because you can make an argument that Cara Dune is the believer, that Mayfield's the believer, or that yeah. Mando's the believer. Because like each one of them like have like a moment where they start to shift their thought and their feelings towards mm -hmm. a one thing and start shifting towards the other way which i think is one of the interesting things of that title kind of makes you wonder who it is even though it probably may feel but it's still flexible enough that you can it is flexible, question yeah. that well they, they they can and in a in a sense they're all believers like mm -hmm. a they have to trust that so for the ones that are outside they have to trust that somehow these two people we you know there's someone going to make it alive and mm -hmm. make it past an imperial base with without their typical gear because it's they're, they're not going in with you know the escape was the other way you know they they were armed to the teeth they just came in we're gonna march in destroy everything now no you have somebody that 
has no, apart from a blaster and a very crappy shield, as we see, has nothing else. <laughs> and then it's, it's you, you get to see all of them kind of placing their faith on the other. Like the, the scenes when you see Cartoon and uh, I forget her name. Fennec uh, Chan. Fennec Chan waiting outside and they're like, you almost see them like when they come out, it's like almost like proud. Like they're like, oh, our kids came back. Like yeah. <laughs> it felt like that. Like, yeah, and immediately oh, like, have their backs. Yeah, you know? we got yeah. your back. Like, uh, and then Boba like just came in perfectly at the right time to pick them up. It wasn't like other, there's nothing, into, like it, it seemed very, they all trusted each other. Mm-hmm. As if, so, so in a way that could be it. They're all believing in each other. And, but who is the true believer? I don't, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, anyway, that scene, it also, it felt very Mando as well. Cause when they're fighting on the dam, they actually use the theme song. Mm-hmm. which usually they keep to like little seconds or maybe at the end of the episode. So it was really cool to see it as the background music to the fight scene. So I thought mm-hmm. that was really exciting. And then obviously when uh, the Slave One shows up, I can't, I can't get over how awesome they've done the Slave One and to see it flying is just something else. And then when you see the two- I wonder if he's going to repaint that too. <laughs> and then um, when you see those the, the, two TIE season fighters- Season three, season three. Season three, yeah. When you see those two TIE fighters, you feel like so sorry for them. It's like, dude, Obi-Wan wasn't able to take down this ship. Do you really think two fi- TIE fighters are going to be able to do it? And then you see the seismic charge and it's just like. I mean, uh, I, I, I thought I thought they would have like a space battle. Frankly, I thought and he was okay. in space. But the fact that it happened at all, it was just like, it was like so good. Especially because, again, you've only seen Slave 1 under Django yeah. use the seismic charge. So the fact that it was Boba using... Uh, it, amazing. I never, I didn't really think, even though I was hoping for it, I didn't really 100% sure think that we would get to listen to that beautiful sound. It's so good. Seismic. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. As I've said, as everyone that listens probably knows, I am not a big Attack of the Clones fan, but I will defend the seismic charge scene forever and ever because it was <laughs> so awesome. It's so good. It is so good. Um, the, the lack of sound and then the and, then, <laughs> and it's cool because like you can use it i don't know if you guys have played battlefront 2 but uh one of the hero ships is the slave one and obviously one of the special attacks you can use is the seismic charge <laughs> okay so to be able to having used it in the video game and you know it's cool in video game but there's so much other stuff going on that you yeah. can like appreciate the sound effect that's awesome as you can like in film and tv yeah. and to see oh is perfect and perfect timing. You got both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I I love like how Boba was like, oh, we got company, but they didn't really I like. I got yeah, this. It's like, like chill. Yeah. Like like just just hold, like I'm just telling you this just in case like yeah. you just haven't in case, exactly. <laughs> I don't. Just I don't so want you guys aware. are aware. Yeah, yeah. just so you're aware. I still can't get over the repainted the repainted armor. Uh, I thought it was um, I, I thought it was beautiful. When I first saw it, I was no, like, then, that is so you, cool. But yeah. then I and thought... you see that he also changed the under yeah. armor yeah. thing he had from the from the kind of beige thing to just black, all black. Black all me. through. He looks oh. incredibly badass. Yes. Uh, for a second, I thought that I liked how the beat up way it looked better. 
But yeah. then thinking about it, it's like, it's like he's repurposing it. Yes. Like, this is mine. I'm repainting it. Uh, I am a different person now. And now this is a new suit. And, and obviously it looked great. I, like you said, the, the matte look of it was just fantastic. And he kept, he didn't buff out the bullet. No, he left it, which is like, maybe he, keeping... maybe he tried, but he couldn't. I don't think maybe. so. I think it's kind of a, I'm accepting the history car, right? of it. I'm accepting the history of it, but making it better because I am better now. And for those of you who haven't heard our analysis of Boba Fett, listen to the other episode because we have a lot to say about Boba Fett too. But yeah. um, Radio I Rebellion think... liked it. So if he liked it, <laughs> he's a big Boba Fett fan. Everyone else is going to Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think there was a lot of good things about the episode because you felt a lot of tension in a lot of the places. Yeah. Like the way yeah. the, the score was used and the acting and the action scenes. I mean, it felt like things were actually happening that, I mean, a lot yeah. of the episodes this season have been a little lackluster and that you don't have much of a sense of danger or anything like that. But there was a lot of it in this one. So it was really exciting, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think it was like from beginning to end, we were just like, oh, like things are just happening, happening. Yeah. Like it wasn't like... You know, you get like an ups and downs because even mm -hmm. that episode with uh, the tragedy, you got mm -hmm. like, you know, ups and downs mm -hmm. and it was action packed. This one, you're just like, whoa, like what's happening? <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, it has a little bit of everything. I mean, the fight on the jog joggernaut is like very Western, like runaway train kind of yeah. look to it, which yes. I thought was really well shot. Sorry for the implications of what actually happened now that you guys have opened my eyes, but still it's. No, no, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's uh, like, strictly speaking, it's, you know, it, it looks a cool looking scene and it does. No, yeah, absolutely. The character. It, it, yeah. it just. There were no real people that were killed. So it's hard. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's still entertainment. Yes. It is still. yes. Yeah. 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 But, but the consequences of the entertainment, the ramifications. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's more, it's more of like what, and again, this is probably something that maybe, I don't know. 90% of people wouldn't have even picked up. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things that it's one of those subconscious things of like how you show things. Because yeah. again, yeah. if you had shown uh, that first scene when they're going through that little town and the town had been mixed, right? Of yeah. like yeah. Humans mixed and races those aliens. or something. It mm -hmm. wasn't. It and wasn't. Then, it was just, and then it was, it was just humans. Yeah. And just those humans. are the ones that we feel good for because, I mean, bad for because it's like, oh, the col uh, poor colonial people that are uh, poor people that are suffering the colonialism they look like us so we have to care about them but then like all of the people that were being yeah. killed were all aliens they weren't mixed with humans either it's yeah. all aliens and, and then we're like and it made okay it seem with like them. you know it, they were like because obviously they call them pirates at first but when you see that they're trying to detonate you know that yeah. they're not so they're freedom fighters and you okay. would think that more of the locals would have been involved so it would have been really cool to see like human looking people with aliens yeah. with maybe even a, a different mix, you know, because yeah. they were willing to die. I mean, at the very end, they're basically kamikazing it. I mean, all of them yeah. have detonators in their hands and they're just going for it. So, I mean, and if, if we were looking at the story from another point of view, they would, they would just be the, heroes, be the heroes of the rebellion. <laughs> they would have been the rebels. Yeah. yeah. They would have been the boss. Oh, they, 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 yeah. so, they are. So uh, it's an awesome. And I, I understand the, the, the framing of it, right? You have to see it from Manzo's perspective. But again, context is important and how you yeah. show things and frame yeah. things and represent things is also important. 
but that yes. doesn't mean that it was not a very entertaining episode and i'm willing yeah. to but but, but i'm not gonna I'm, boy, I'm, we're not gonna cancel mandalorian no oh no no, no, no. <laughs> and, and, and i think it gives a little bit of credence to what you were saying nanny that this whole season is about showing mando different ways mm-hmm. because what mayfield shows it's like it's the moral relative some way. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to do what you have to do, you know, but, but make sure that your conscience is clear at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus, versus the armor, which is just follow this path. Mm-hmm. This has already been established. Bo-Katan has like this, a whole different path. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, we don't even know. And Ahsoka has a different path. So, so this might just be Mando taking the back seat because he doesn't know anything else apart from what he had grown mm-hmm. and just taking the best of each of this new philosophies yeah. and making so i, I can it's see up. that I, yeah I, i'm still I, I i'm still with goose that you know these are things that are happening to mando and mm-hmm. you don't you don't see mando taking the lead in his own personal development yeah which is it's lackluster because it's it's a journey that should start from within. Yeah. But it's one but, of those things because you see in season one when he saves Grogu or as he called him back then the child, mm-hmm. uh, he makes that active decision to go and save him. And everything he does in season one, it's him actively making decisions for whatever he wants to do. And then season two, I mean, he does have Quill who guides him because he's the mentor. But overall, like, it's Mando making his decisions and dealing with those consequences. And season two, since he's been tasked with doing his quest by the armor, everything he does is in service of that. And he still hasn't, like, taken anything, eh, responsibility for himself and saying, like, no, I'm doing this because I want to do it and I'm dealing with the consequences of these things. Just, I mean, we start seeing it like last episode when with Ahsoka and with the scene with the seeing stone at the Jedi Temple and now with the taking off the mask, but it's all passive, at least to me. It's not like him actively doing those things because he's going out of his way to do it. It's more well, like a byproduct of the of the and, and 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 there's there's no real consequence to Mando going against the creed. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean as as but but on a personal basis, it didn't seem like, actually it was like, you can see at the end, kind of like, Din kind of like had this little smile going on. And like, you, you can see Din getting used to not wearing the, the armor. But at the same time, it was just like, oh, everybody that saw you without the armor is dead. Or, <laughs> or except they, Mayfield, yeah. Except Mayfield, but Mayfield kind of, you know, it felt like that was like a very, Broish thing to say, like, oh, I'll never, I'll never say anything. True, but Mayfeld is a survivor, so you don't know if push comes to shove, if something will happen from Mayfeld having known his face. True, no, but I think, I think, I think that's, I think Mayfield's different. I guess a lot of people have been comparing Mayfield to DJ, and I think there's one fundamental difference between DJ and Mayfield is that DJ is strictly, he's the bandu of moral ambiguity. He's strictly in the middle, and DJ, as far as we saw. And Last Jedi always did what served him. And I don't Mayfield, think DJ would have ca- killed anybody. Exactly. And the fact that like Mayfield took that active uh, decision to 
blow up the Rhydonium and the Imperial yeah. base kind of make you know diverges the path that DJ Mayfield yeah. have. So that's why I don't think that that that's why I think he's gonna be an ally moving forward and not gonna betray okay. him anymore. Although talking about betrayal, I didn't want to get into it too much. But did you guys ever feel at all during this episode that Fennec and Boba might betray uh, Mando? I didn't actually. I got like Where did a, you get the like sense? A, you yeah. got a, a spidey sense somewhere? Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they will. And I hope they don't, actually. Because if they don't, it'll just ruin the whole Boba arc for me. Yeah, yeah. but there was, like the, there was like the one scene when uh, it was after Amando had put on the Stormtrooper, tank trooper thing, armor. And like Fennec is talking to Boba on the recording. It's like, oh, they're, I don't know. It was like the way that conversation was, they had it. And the fact that she did it away from Cara Dune, I was like, wait. Are they kind of getting ready to double cross them and something? <laughs> well, I didn't get a sense of that, and I really hope they don't do that. Uh, yeah, but anyway. Although, uh, although, who knows? It might be interesting. What, why, if you're why they why would are betray? You helping, yeah. Well, or, or if you're gonna end up betraying them, why are you just joining this ride along? Yeah, this would be a very convoluted way to betray anyone. Yeah. And when they could have yeah. just taken <laughs> Grogu at the beginning of last episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, but anyway, <laughs> another thought. Huh? Oh, you were gonna say something. Oh, but okay. Anyway, so I think we're starting to run a bit long. So let's talk about the end. Uh, I thought it was fantastic the way that he delivered that speech, uh, using the same words that uh, Moff Gideon had used originally when referring to the child. Obviously, the change of pronouns as well, mm-hmm. humanizing him. But but the way he says it. Moff Gideon, when he says it's like, it's a possession that he needs mm. to go forward. And the way that Din frames it and, and how he says that there's so much emotion in his voice, like, this is my kid. Yep. You have no idea what you've gotten into. I am getting him back. So I thought that was actually very emotional and very forward of Mando to do. Like yeah. not even trying to yes. sneak up or anything, like sending that message first. It's like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm warning you. Yep, yep. I th- I've, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people online complaining about that because they're like, oh, he just ruined the element of surprise. And it's just like, well, technically, no, because he can still show up like whenever. But yeah. it's still like, yeah, that shows that his state of mind. It's like not about being sneaky or something. It's about making a statement of yeah. where you stand in this issue. And again, I don't know if like some people that are watching this realize, realize this or not, but this is all mythical and this is all fiction. This is not actual military strategies. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, the way you present things are to frame something else. So, the way he did that is perfect for his character development and the framing of the conflict that's coming. It's not, yeah. you know, he, you know, this isn't a real CIA FBI operation or anything. Yeah. There can so. be liberties with how we approach it. Just yeah. saying. But I thought I thought it was fantastic. You have no idea how much he means to me. I mean, it's just ah, I thought it was. And beautiful. I like that. The, and I like that the hologram didn't really move too much. It's just like yeah, it's just uh, very stoic. Down. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It, it was. It was very. It kind of reminded me because usually you see like, it was only like the bust. Yeah. And yeah. usually we only seen. It's like that's been reserved for like Palpatine or like. Some like the Sith, right. like it's it's only the bust up. So it felt that very like imposing, like and, and you, you can see Moth Gideon's face. Like usually, you know, you usually have like 
this very serious or determined, he was like, oh, okay. he was like, oh, shit, uh, I, I, I better watch out. I, I still, I still, I still think it was a stupid move. If you're getting your kid, make, do not blow your cover. You need to stay silent. Do not blow like, <laughs> but <laughs> apart from that, I. Unless you're Liam Neeson, and apparently Unless Mando too. I, I, apparently Mando is, is Liam Neeson. I mean, but he's gonna go I, I, Liam Neeson. No, no, no. I, I can see it. I can see it. Matt, you have Mando going Liam Neeson. You have Bob on your side. You have and Bo-Katan's gonna show up. Bo-Katan. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And so I mean, who knows? Mace, Mace Windu might show up. Or <laughs> <sighs> just one episode left, guys. Just one episode. So, what can we expect next episode? Eh. Uh, I think it's almost. I, <laughs> I think it's almost a guarantee that he'll get the child back. Really? Although, although they might go Empire Strikes Back on us and be like, "Oh, stick, stick around." He didn't I, get I, it. I, yeah. I, I, I want lost. them to cross, to see each other, but not kind of miss each other. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe like, uh, like they're, he's gonna get him, but then Moff Gideon gets him and goes in an escape pod or something and goes some. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Or, I don't want to get my or, expectations or, up. Or, or it could be Moff Gideon and Mando are fighting, and then Baby push, Yoda has to yep. push, force push Mando because there might be like an airlock, and then we get, Ooh. and then we get kind of like an Ezra Thrawn thing. Like, what's where are they? I like that. I like that. And then he Ooh. stays with Gideon because. He, and then with yeah, because he had to. I like because, that. I like yeah. that. That would be very interesting. I mean, it would be... I I like that. It would be really hard waiting for a new season if it ends that way, though. But, I mean, it's going to be hard waiting for the new season regardless. But it would be better, I feel, in terms of, like, developing the, you know, the story for Mando forward because then it's... Season three won't just be the same thing then. It's like, oh, Gideon's trying to get the base. And it's more like, okay, no, we have to keep trying to save him because there's more stakes now because now we don't know where he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got blown up to the Purgles, took us to the unknown regions with Ezra. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. to that point, I think it makes sense then that they're going to have, not, not, not like a space battle, but I think they will join forces with Bo-Katan. They're going to like call her up since she has like that Imperial cruiser that yeah. she stole a couple episodes back that he's going to be like, hey, these are the coordinates for Moff Gideon. You want your dark saber? I'm going to yeah. go attack. And I you need to go back. get it. So yeah. and, 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 and then we go to get it. Yeah, and then Cara is going to call like... the New Republic. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the wow. New Republic showing up. I think it's just going to be Mando's. And it'll be Bo-Katan with Boba Fett. Oh, shit. Like a double team there. Uh, that would be amazing. Know. Yeah. I think that would be really, really cool. So the question is, say, will, uh-huh. the question is, will uh, Mando give the spear to Bo-Katan to fight uh, Moff Gideon with the Darksaber? Or will, or will Mando fight him himself? Yeah. Or both will. Or both, or both. Could be both. Like a tag uh, team kind of thing. No, no, a tag team or Bo Katan starts fighting first. And then she's like, you know, struck down, gets her arm cut off or something. Very Star Wars, right? Yeah. And then Mando has to pick up the spear. And he has to lose a limb. (laughs) Actually, or we can see kind of like a Last Jedi uh, red scene where you got Bo Katan, Mando, Boba Fett. The three Mandos fighting against the uh, shadow troopers, kind of like back to back. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's so many ways this could go. I'm I'm really excited. So it's the last one. 
Uh, can can, can I say what, what, one, one thing about un unintended consequences? I kind of feel yes. bad from this episode that even though it's kind of cool, they blew up that dam. That's a lot of water that's going to come down to that village. So I am sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this room. Yeah. The locals again suffered from the rescue yeah. of. But I'm sure I'm sure that based on what we saw in this episode, the humans live on the higher plane and the aliens live on the lower one. So the humans will be fine. It'll be uh, the aliens that are wiped out. Terrible. That is just terrible. terrible. Oh, oh well. Well. Star Wars, fix we, your set. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know. And they were making a point of like bettering that earlier in the season and they've kind of gone back on it. That's what's upsetting about it. Yep. yep exactly. Because they did yep. really well with the Tuscan Raiders and then Frog Lady and Frog Husband and all that. And now they've kind yes. of retraced their steps. So, yep. 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 So, totally agree. If anybody's listening, we were going on the right path and now you kind of have to find it again. <laughs> yep. That's, that's okay. We, we all stumble. We will get back, back up. Yeah. And we will definitely keep watching. So yes. Yes. <laughs> so unless you, you have, unless you have Gina Carano be the star of Rangers of the New Republic, then uh, we will not be watching that show. Yeah. That will Which is a possibility. A Which is a possibility. It is. Yeah. But with that, I think we should uh, wrap yep. up. I think, uh, Mo, I think you have uh, some announcements, right? For some of your appearances going forward. Be, I will be appearing at the Katana Cast podcast and next week after Mando's season two last episode, we will be wrapping it up with the Geeky Waffle live stream. So keep an eye out for that and also keep an eye out for our regular scheduled episode, which will come out Wednesday, hopefully. So thank you again, everybody. May the force be with you. And Bye. if you like, and if you like uh, <laughs> how this shirt looks, this is our "A Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far, Far Away" in Japanese T-shirt, which you can find on our T Public store, along with some pretty cool, I'd like to think, designs. So <laughs> make sure to check it out. The link is in our Twitter, and we'll have the link also down below on our YouTube description. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, follow us on Twitter. Love you guys. May the force be with you. <laughs>